In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Water is life. The world's surface, nearly 71% water. Our bodies, about 60% water. Hard-pressed to find something we do in daily life that doesn't involve water. Without water, we die. Water is life. The same is true throughout John's Gospel. John baptized Jesus in the water of the Jordan River. Jesus told Nicodemus that he must be born from above, born again by water and the Spirit. Later at Cana, Jesus made two to three hundred gallons of water into the finest wine. I will give you living water, Jesus promised to the woman at the well. Jesus walked on stormy, wind-tossed waters of Sea of Galilee. Jesus healed a blind man with spit and mud to heal his eyes. Jesus washed his disciples' feet with a bowl of water. And when the soldier took a spear to confirm that Jesus was in fact dead on the cross, John tells us that from his side flowed out blood and water. To water is life. A theme that flows like a tributary, growing wider and swifter throughout John's Gospel until it leads us finally to Jesus, to his cross that he bore for us, and to his word that he spoke on that cross for us. Jesus, knowing that all was now finished to fulfill the scripture, said, I thirst. Seems like a rather ordinary request, a drink. Yet it reveals the extraordinary work he is doing for us on the cross, because he thirsts not for himself, but for the salvation of all, for you. He is dried up. He is becoming the draft of forgiveness for us who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Behold the very rock who was cleft in the wilderness to give a wellspring of life-giving water to his thirsting and complaining people. Behold the one who created the waters that flow and rivers that run, oceans that surge, water tables that nourish, springs that bubble up with the water for life. Behold the God who made six stone jars of water to be the choicest vintage of wine the wedding guests have ever ever tasted. Behold the man who is thirsty, dried up, parched, his tongue sticking like Velcro to the roof of his mouth, even craving a sip of wine from a sour sponge. Behold the man who thirsts for you. If Jesus thirsts for us, then maybe perhaps we wonder, what do we thirst? For what does our flesh ache and groan? Not just drinks of water, perhaps. That's far too ordinary, far too everyday, for greater things we long for most often, money or power, Influence, success, popularity, comfort, security perhaps. Maybe we thirst for more likes, more reviews, more followers, more respect, more attention. Maybe even at any cost. Jesus' physical thirst on the cross reveals our thirst of a spiritual kind. Our need for God himself. As the Psalms tell us over and over again, in Psalm 63... God, you are my God. I earnestly seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Or Psalm 22, like we heard, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. 
My heart is like wax. It's melted within my breast. My tongue dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Yes, we, like Jesus, are thirsty too. But where we thirst for ourselves, Jesus thirsts for us, on our behalf, selflessly. He took on human flesh, flesh that also hungers and thirsts, flesh that needed to be sustained, flesh that was beaten and bruised and mocked, finally then nailed to a cross and hung to thirst as he thirsted for life as he did all of this for you. See, our Lord is deprived of life to save our life. Jesus suffers one of humanity's most basic needs to satisfy before God our greatest need of himself. Jesus fulfills the scripture to accomplish our rescue and to redeem us from every thought, every word, every deed that we've done in satisfying our own sinful, selfish thirsts. Jesus thirsted on the cross that we might never need thirst for God. He gives us himself. Behold the man who in fact empties himself that we might be filled, who is cut off that we might be grafted in like branches once dead now alive in Jesus. Behold the man who thirsts that men might eat and drink his body and blood and never thirst again. Behold the man who is parched and dried up, that we might find in him a river of life. The man who thirsts as he dies, so that you will never die. At least not like this. Not the big death. Not the death that separates us from God. Not death and hell. No, Jesus took all that for you already. So Jesus, in him is our thirst. And our desires and our needs, we find them quenched. Thirst, you see, itself is a, a primal, hearkening back to the days of the garden. Every thirst is also eschatological. It points us ahead, on to the future, to the new creation that Christ will bring when he comes again in glory, to that river of life and that renewed heavens and new earth. Behold the man whose blood flows for you, the man who is dried up in thirst for you, that your lips might be satisfied with his body and blood, true drink, the man who thirsted for you, and who comes and tells us in his word that we thirst no more. For in him is a headstream, a new drink, a new river of life. Jesus delights to give us this living water. He pours out his living water from his pierced side to wash away your sins in baptism. He bathes you in his death and resurrection living waters in the font, a true fountain of life in his word. He sends forth a flowing river teeming with his promises, declaring you are his new creation. Jesus' forgiveness floods the wastelands of our own sinful hearts and turns them into a reservoir of his mercy. And in his holy supper, Jesus gives us that same body that thirsted on the cross, now to satisfy our hunger for righteousness. He fills the cup of salvation to the brim that it overflows with his life-giving blood that was shed for you on the cross, now poured out for you here 
that you might taste and see that the Lord is good and never thirst again. You see, in Jesus, water is life, now and forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.